Hello, and welcome to the Whiskey Bench. I'm Stephen Torna. I'm Kat Dwyer. And we are here this evening, January 20th, 2023. The first time recording in over three months. That's right. Like three months in a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're back in it. Episode 75. Yes, which is exciting. This is good. Yeah. For the regular listeners, you heard our late release news and brews from the beginning of this month. I explained in there the delay and why we've been gone. But we are back and continuing on, moving forward. Mm-hmm. Feels good to be back. It does. I guess just briefly, Kat, like what's, what's cooking? What's the update for people? <sighs> I don't know. A lot, I guess. Yeah. Um, and nothing. But <laughs> oh god, I'm dropping things. Um, wedding plans. I'm getting married, so wedding plans are moving along. Big stuff. Very exciting. Pretty much taken care of. I have not bought a ticket. Okay. And I should. Yes. Soon. We'll talk about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's a thing that's happening. That's exciting, but a lot of work to plan. And then we realized like, okay, well, we're getting married and we're going to have to like live together. So we need to probably buy a house. So yeah, now we're in the throes of that and we're officially pre-qualified. Wait, really? Yeah. We got pre-qualified this week. That's awesome. Not for a lot of money, but (laughs) that's okay. But for some money. Yes. And um, we're looking at houses tomorrow. Yeah. So that's That's exciting. exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Are you going to leave far away? Not terribly far. We're going to try not to go terribly far. Nice. We can't afford anything in Bozeman, though. Fair. Other than dirt lots, pretty much. So pitch a tent, baby. (laughs) I know. God. I know. If we, I found some beautiful homes in Anaconda, though. But I'm like, then I'm in Anaconda. I actually like Anaconda. Anaconda is great. Anaconda is great. But it's like, it's a little too far. Gosh, that'd be a commute for the. Yeah. Once a month, we'll do a super recording or something. Right. Yeah, no. God, you're giving me anxiety. I know. I want to I be closer than that. So anyways, but yeah, so that's what's going on. It's just, yeah, a lot of, a lot of balls in the air. Yes. So, yeah. And you, you're just grinding. I am grinding. I'm behind. So You'll just get caught up. I will eventually get caught up. Yeah. I think I will be caught up. My hope is April. Okay. I think April... Maybe things will like mellow out a little bit, but I just don't know what to expect. Yeah. I just going to, I'm just going to take it as it comes. Totally. And I know it's going to be crazy weeks. I'm definitely going to try and I don't think we're going to be like doing a ton of weekend work, Mm. but it's just going to be long weeks. Yeah. And hard work and catch up and I'll make money, which is great. And that's, that's the brief, that's like the, the small update. Yeah. On my end, but beyond that. We're drinking a pocket cowboy. That's right. (laughs) So coming home from work today, swung into the gas station. There was about 50 IPAs to choose from. (laughs) Oh, naturally. One winter stout and uh, this beautiful Highlander beer out of Missoula's uh, pocket cowboy featuring... Some lovely art. It's a uh, it's a cowboy riding a uh, bunk uh, a bucking bighorn sheep. It's a Mexican logger, and this is what uh, Highlander themselves has to say about the pocket cowboy Mexican logger. 
The Pocket Cowboy Cerveza is a Mexican-style lager using flaked maize in the malt. The perfect amount of noble hops for a crisp bite and a simple, easy-to-grab name. This beer is light, tasty, and pairs great with Taco Tuesday. I think it would pair great with Taco Tuesday. It would, and maybe a little lime. Yeah. But today's Friday. Right. I had no tacos today. I'm going to have tacos when I go home. Oh, you are. I am. Well, I got four more of these suckers. So yeah. You can take one home with you if you want. <laughs> I had some gnocchi for dinner. What did you have for dinner? I haven't had You dinner. had anything yet? No. Not even a snack. I had two. I had a two-egg scramble this morning yeah. at 7 o'clock, and then I had a Lara bar and some chips and salsa. <laughs> That's all I've eaten today. Dang. All right. So this pocket cowboy is going to hit me hard, I think. Yeah, you're <laughs> adopting the Torna diet. Yeah. Yeah. No, we need like cured meats to just <laughs> scarf down. <laughs> Honestly. That's the Torna diet. Like three o'clock on a Friday. I'm like, why am I about to pass out? <laughs> you're like, oh, I haven't slept in two months oh. and I'm hungry. Yeah. And then you like eat some good food. And you're like, oh, this is. There you go. This is better. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Get a beer in you. You mm. sleep better on a full belly with a beer in you. Maybe that'll be the nightly routine. Yeah. No, no, not the nightly Probably routine. Not I'm trying to like do routine. stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Went running two days ago, which was good. Nice. It was nice. It was cold. It was slippery. The roads were just. I haven't run in icy, months. But. Yeah. Nice. It was like a little under four miles. I didn't totally get my butt kicked too bad. That I hadn't run great. since like Christmas. Okay. It's been like close to a month since I went for a run. Well, good for you. Yeah. So I was like, all right, that's good. Better than me. I just don't run. And as soon as it gets like below 30. And the roads are icy or snowy. Yeah. I just, I, that was I kind hang of my up my, thought, my but shoes. I put my running. money where my mouth is. So I wanted to be a runner and I signed up for the 28K rut in September. You did? Yeah. Whoa. So they. In Big Sky. Yeah. Wow. And I. Right I, on. I probably should have signed up for the 50K, but that's just scary. That scares me. Which is, okay. Do both of them go up Lone Peak? Yes, this year apparently it only goes 600 feet below the summit because they're working on the tram, but it does go up. Okay. 28K is the shorter of the race, but it has pretty good. I think it's 7,600 feet of vertical gain or something. Yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Yeah. So I was like, I should start now. Yeah. (laughs) But they also took $115 from me or whatever. Oh, wow. That's okay. You're you're committed. Yeah. I mean, I'll end up in the hospital before i lose that money so <laughs> that's awesome well uh, we'll go and cheer you on that's yeah, exciting. Be fun yeah roommates run in the 50k okay and the, and the 28k yeah and the 11k oh my god he's doing the trifecta wait when are they it's friday saturday sunday oh that's just stupid <laughs> he's gonna kill himself no he's not he's strong yeah he and is, then a couple still. other friends are running it i think his brother joe's running the 28k okay so yeah we'll make like an event i might see some people you know i might be able to run with some people and yeah totally yeah i've i've certainly never run that nor do i think i ever will but yeah. i've gone to it before a friend's brother did it and i was a spectator nice got to go on the tram to the top it was fun hey you know i might have access to uh well okay i i know he listens to this podcast <laughs> and he's gonna listen to this so my friend mm. Who has a cabin in Big Sky. Oh. He might be kind enough to let me and a choice few people stay there. So maybe we could have a party Saturday. Like I run and if I'm not in the hospital. Yeah. 
chill out, drink some beers. Cook up some food. Yeah. You're going to need to eat after. And then go see the the long one on Sunday. Go watch the long race yeah. with Caleb. And, yeah. That sounds like a great plan. And this is, you know, mid-September. Yeah. So, in theory, you'll be married and, and your honeymoon will be over and right. you'll have a free second. Oh, yeah. Is it? And, Wait a second. Isn't it Labor Day? When am I getting married? Oh, yeah. August? I'm getting married in August. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, Whole month later. Yeah. yeah. That sounds perfect. So, in theory, like, plan. your schedule will be open. In theory, yes. I will be married. I will certainly be married. Get, well, I know, that's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. You will be married, but, like, in theory, you'll... <sighs> yeah. That stress of... Oh, my God. All yeah. of this will be over. I'm going to want to just, like, drink beer and watch other people do hard things. That's and right. And be like, I'm done with all this planning. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, cool. <laughs> so, for our first recording of 2023, yeah. we're going to start off with uh, an episode of News and Brews. Wait, can I just say? Yeah. So, we started Whiskey Bench October 2020. Yeah, October 17. 2020 we missed our oh yeah whoops yeah <laughs> one of these years we'll celebrate the yeah we celebrated the first anniversary Did we? and then we missed this well, year's anniversary that's okay yeah but we're going into our third year we're going that's into the crazy. third year which is crazy that really is nuts yeah wonderful but and um time has flown thank you all i mean i know that there's like the the usual suspects yeah. Um, shout, out, shout out to Zach. Yeah, um, Zach. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Just especially recently, a lot of people have been just in passing saying they listen, and we got a nice message the other day, and mm-hmm. it's just cool. Yeah. It's special. We so, deeply appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for listening, and that's all I can say. Like, yep. It's, <laughs> it's freaking cool. Yeah, it really um, is. I'm grateful. That's to say the least. So amazing. Year three mm-hmm. will be great. I think I said this last year. We're going to hit episode 100 this year. And then I did the math and I'm like, that doesn't add up. There's <laughs> no. 52 weeks in a year. Um, but this year. We will. We'll, we definitely will. Yeah. That's exciting. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to knock on wood. If everything goes as planned. Mm-hmm. We'll hit 100 this year. Right on. Which is super cool. So. Yeah. I'm pumped. Lots of cocktails. Lots of beers. Mm-hmm. Tons of topics. Yes. I mean, Kat and I were. were An overwhelming amount of topics. Yeah. I, I, like this week, I like changed gear like three times. Right. There's me just too. so much going on. Yeah. And uh, there's so much news going on. There's going to be so much news going on as the year continues. Hopefully, I think this year we can start diving into maybe some conversations on culture yeah um mm-hmm. we also have some fun plans for some history and some more like deep dive stuff like that but yeah it's like a big old world out there and <laughs> it, we don't know where to where to even begin necessarily but this week i will be discussing mr biden or mr president biden mr president mr president biden joe joseph robinette Biden. Hell of a middle name. That is. That is. <laughs> sounds a lot like robbing it. Huh. Hmm. 
Anyway, that's on my agenda tonight. What is on your agenda? My favorite state to pick on. Yes. My home state of California. Heck yeah. And it's ambitious plans for potential slavery reparations. Nice. Yeah. I know California is my favorite slave state. <laughs> your favorite slave state that never yeah. was a slave yeah. state. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite one. <laughs> I love all those coastal plantations. <laughs> Yeah, I actually learned an interesting fact that like a civil war almost kicked off when California was entered into the union because it entered in as a free state. <laughs> oh, nice. Some people didn't want that. Right. Oh, how have the mighty fallen? Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's pretty funny <laughs> that they're the ones floating this idea. But anyway, okay. we'll get into that. Yeah. Where do we want to start tonight? Uh, it's I don't doesn't matter to me. Let's talk about uh, good old Joe. Old Joe. Okay. Joey boy. Joey, my man. <laughs> Come on. Joe, my boy. <laughs> Over here and give me a smooch on the lips. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, usually, we try to talk about things that are maybe a little bit underreported. I yeah. would say that this was not underreported, no. but it maybe was under-circulated. And that's the whole finding classified documents at his private residence in Washington, mm-hmm. as, um, as well as in Delaware, in Delaware, and his office in Washington, and his office in yeah. Washington. And uh, I believe there was a third place. All I'm saying is that there's a paper trail. There's a lot of stuff floating around. Anyway, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is just because it's actually kind of hilarious because it's 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 surreal. And I, I've said this many times. Reality is funny. But anyway, I guess I'll just start with anyone that might not know. In uh, I believe it was November. There was it was reported that uh, documented classified documents were discovered at his residence and the. Biden administration, or I guess the Biden team at that point, willingly decided that it would be best to wait to bring this to light because it <laughs> was it was two days before the midterms. <laughs> uh, then after the midterms, they then promptly uh, reported everything, and it came to light that yes, these documents were found, and the FBI took them back. At least in one case, the FBI went and. Delivered them. I don't think they kicked any doors down or anything, you know. No, like they did last time. They just time, coordinated but... with his personal yeah, yeah. lawyers. Yeah, and the lawyer, the, the same thing with the other spot where they found it. The lawyer was like, "Oh no, we found these things." Made a phone call. Better come pick up. What's going on? But here's uh, diving into the November incident. This is from New York Times. The handful of advisors who were aware of the initial discovery on November second. Oh, I'm sorry, I said two, but six days before the midterm elections gambled that without going public, they could convince the Justice Department that the matter was little more than a minor good-faith mistake. Unlike former President Donald J. Trump's hoarding of documents at his Florida estate. Hoarding, yeah. Fun (laughs) language. Uh, In fact, the Biden strategy was profoundly influenced by the Trump case, in which the former president refused to turn over all the classified documents he had taken, even after being subpoenaed. The goal for the Biden team, according to people familiar with the internal deliberations just side note i hate when articles do that and they say according to people familiar with 
Right, right, I'm like, right. right. Ooh, I, 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 I'm familiar with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, deliberations who spoke on condition of anonymity was the win the trust of the Justice Department investigators and demonstrate that the president and his team were co- cooperating fully. In other words, they would head off any serious legal repercussions by doing exactly the opposite of what Biden lawyers had seen the Trump legal team do. So it was withhold the fact that they were found until it was convenient and then cooperate. Yeah, until it was politically convenient. And the Justice Department was down with that. Oh, yeah. Aiding and abetting one political party. So, amazing. I also love how, like, when the first tranche was found at his office in in Washington, the, like, the Penn Biden Center, Penn Wharton Biden Center, whatever the hell it's called. Which is like an old office building. Like, is he even present there? No, he hadn't been there in a long time. Which is like weird. It's like they were just like left there. Yeah. And and this is, we'll dive into this too. That was also Obama era documents. Right. That he acquired while he was vice president. Which as vice president, you don't have the same authority at all as a president has to one, declassify and two, you don't have the same privileges to, to documentation that presidents do like after they're out of office, vice presidents don't. So like yes. him even having this stuff is a much bigger deal yep. than. Yeah. So here, this is from it. a, it was, I think a January 13, uh, article in CNN, uh, and it quotes, Mr. Biden as vice president had no authority to declassify documents on his own. Unlike the president, he also isn't covered by the presidential records act. Right. Provision that gives former presidents access to documents from the presidential years in cooperation with the National Archives. Mr. Biden had no authority to hold such classified documents at all in a private office. Right. Right. And so I love how like the initial news stories when they found this first tranche, they were like, well, it's really different because it's a smaller number of documents and he's cooperating mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. Then they find the next batch that's in his garage next to his Stingray Corvette. Yes. And Which that, they're like, oh, okay. And, and her, then they find a third batch yes. somewhere else in his house. And yes. it's like private library or something. And like, it's just. It is really funny. And the media has had to just kind of like, now I think to your point, like now they don't really want to talk about it because yeah. they don't have, it complicates their entire narrative. Right. And just that interview is hilarious because. He gets asked, Mr. President, like, there were documents sitting in your garage. Like, literally, they're sitting in his garage. Right. And then they were like, no, they were, like, locked. The, no, there's some that were sitting in a garage, and there were some that were in a locked closet. Right. The garage was locked. And, gra- and that was the funniest thing ever, because he, like, gets upset. And he's like, <laughs> now, come on. He's like, it was, it, you know, it's in the, my garage is locked. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just it's just funny, right? Well, the double standard is just so I mean, it's so on display that I don't know, maybe it's a good thing for everyone to see how ridiculous it. It also just points to the fact that, like, probably most people don't follow proper procedures for how to handle classified documents. And who knows what they are? Some of them probably don't really need to be classified. Maybe there is some like, well, sensitive material. I don't we don't know. Right. But we've seen this, too, with like things that shouldn't be classified, like court cases that come to light and it's yeah. like they redact a bunch of information right right, right. And you're like this is like a public yeah court thing and you're like redacting like really weird stuff and so i read a good it was short but like a pretty good little opinion piece that was like one of the problems that like the u.s government just 
classifies too many things. Yeah, we overclassify. Right, apparently. and I'm sure, like, yeah. if there's a mention to something that, you know, sure. it's like it has to be classified now. So I get that. And yeah, for my sure. point in all of this is not the whole like we should impeach Biden for this. Yeah, right. It's like the <laughs> Trump nor Biden probably. Like, I don't think that's really grounds for impeachment, but like no. it's, they should be made an example of, I guess. And and like yeah. Biden should make a formal apology well, just like I, Trump. And I think it's a story know. of like, really, I think the people who are most have the most egg on their face, so to speak, mm-hmm. is the media, the media and the Justice Department, frankly. Like, yes, the media for being so fucking hypocritical and as per usual, big surprise, but it's on full display here. And and then the Justice Department, like, they're kind of in a bind because they made such hay over Trump, raided a former president's house. That's a that was a big step. That Regardless big step. of what you think of Trump, like, that's never happened before. That's setting a new precedent that maybe isn't a good precedent, right? right. Like that was a really big deal mm-hmm. in terms of breaking norms, quote unquote. And and now <laughs> and now Biden is just as negligent. And so now, you know, Garland, Attorney General Merrick Garland feels like he has to also assign a special counsel to look into this for Biden to be, you know, unbiased. But again, that's setting another precedent that's like maybe not great, you know, and frankly, like Merrick Garland should just my understanding is like. They assign these special counsels so they don't have to make the tough decisions themselves and they yeah. can kind of like push it off to somebody else right? to deal with. And anyway, I think he's kind of tied himself into knots with this one and can't help but look politicized. And how do you ever, how does, how does it end? Does one get indicted and one not? Like one, pre, one former president or current president? Or do they both get absolved right. of it? And like, and here's the thing. And what if they both run in 24? Like, that's even more sticky. Right. And that was that was kind of part of the, I think, original goal or the, like, hope was that this would be, from what I can understand, that there is some sort of, like, legality that if you mismanage, uh, like, government information, you can be barred from running. Mm. And so it was like a tactic that I think they wanted to use with Trump, obviously. Mm, yeah. But now it's kind of like, okay, well, right. Biden did the same thing. And like, I, I hate the argument that, yeah, but like Trump had more. <laughs> it's the same crime. If what you if have, he had more documents that didn't matter and Biden had one that really did matter? Yeah, like, who yeah, knows? It, yeah, we don't it know. Doesn't ma- like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like a whole stack of papers versus one. It's like, it's and the I'm same cooperating. crime. And cooperating. It's like. Kind. Yeah. I mean, at least Trump's were like locked in a safe i don't know they weren't like in a box in a garage i mean and it's also subjective that's the other thing right and it's the classified. Way we're, we're not going to know what they were like right you know is it like secrets to russian spy technology or you know yeah. or is it like a redacted name from some thing in the 60s now to be fair it does get more interesting <laughs> because cnn reported the documents discovered in mr biden's possession include This is a report from CNN, and I quote, intelligence memos and briefing materials that cover topics such as Ukraine, Iran, and the United Kingdom. Yeah, the Ukraine bit is interesting. And that's that's just like, it could just be unfortunate things, but we've talked about this before, especially during his vice presidency, and and these are the documents they're referring to. 
He's had his sticky little paws in Ukraine, one way or another, whether you like it. He was like officially overseeing American diplomacy in yes. Ukraine during 2014. And then as our right. past episodes have illuminated, he had a hand in that. He was overseeing things when the U.S. in many ways helped support a coup in Ukraine in 2014. And then his little hunty got a very lucrative position yes. on a Ukrainian gas company board right after we yep. switched out the leader of Ukraine with someone that was pro-American. Right. And we know Hunter Biden's dealings with foreign agents. On top of that, you know, there was the whole talk about, you know, 10% for the big man. Right. Thinking maybe it was referring to like some sort of Chinese agent. Now, now that there's a special counsel looking into like Hunter Biden tax stuff. Yeah. Like there's some information he had. Something like a hundred and eighty thousand dollar backlog in tax that he didn't pay, and now he's up for. And the thing is, with that, even if you pay it, doesn't mean you're 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 off the hook because mm-hmm. it's fraud if your intent was to never pay. And it seems like it was probably a fraud kind of deal. Where's the outcry over him and his taxes? Right, he's some fucking like excuse my language, yeah. but he's this little rich, privileged white boy. Yeah, who's been able to like that just literally smoke crack, crack like, and do the drugs that pe- millions hookers. of black yeah. men are yeah. like in jail for. Right, right? you yeah. know what I mean? Like, really, if you wanted to get into that, talk about white privilege. Yeah. Why is there no outrage over that? It's absurd. I, I, and then they're like, hands off, don't talk about him. He's an addict. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> right. He's like, broken firearm laws and like right. no one cares. Yeah. God, it's just hilarious. Doesn't pay taxes. Yeah. Talk about not paying taxes. Well, and now there is some evidence <laughs> that suggests that he was also paying his father, which they think might be the 10% yeah. for the big man. Was right. that Biden got him this job mm-hmm. and then Hunter was channeling money back to Biden. Right. Right, right, right. And so I just heard this recently because he was paying, he was like renting a property from his father and paying him like $52,000 a month or something like that. Like 10, like in the fifties of thousands of dollars per month for rent on this property that he wasn't even necessarily living at. Right. Yeah. And so it's (gasps) just, it's wild, right? Totally. And so all these documents kind of tie into that, right? So I'm hoping, you know, maybe, and again, we mentioned like it's stupid. There's a special counsel and everything like that. But frankly, like maybe this is a path to actually, again, I I, I can't fathom, Cat, how people still are like Hunter's laptop is a nothing burger. Oh, those people are willfully ignorant. They're partisan and they're pathetic, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you like? This this matters. Like, if the sitting vice president was was using politics to essentially enrich himself enrich himself and right. his family say what you want to trump he's a used car salesman that made a ton of money exploiting himself and his family and his name and whatever yeah but those were voluntary agreements this is like a president leveraging his office well at the time vice yeah. president leveraging his office when he's supposed to be like a servant of the people yeah and the other thing with trump like Trump's a loser, but like he literally on national TV like said that he was good at like tax evasion or tax mitigation, right? Well, yeah, and, and he was and then, like, if you want to fix that, change like the tax code. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It's yeah. a valid point. And then, and then you know, <laughs> stuff is released and people are mad again. And I, and I looked at it and I was like, I just he paid over a million dollars one year in taxes, and then he had another year with a lot of, a lot of losses, and yeah. so he didn't pay as much. Like, 
fucking that's how that works right i'm just like God. Supposed to, but the people who want a wealth tax well they yeah. just want to burn it all down to be right. honest yeah I mean, exactly it doesn't make any economic sense but so it is interesting and that ties into the whole hunter biden thing and the ukraine yeah. thing and who knows what else and i think we'll and i hope we'll have like periodic we'll just kind of like zoom back into the ukraine issue yeah i have things i've learned recently that i'm just like dying to talk about with you oh, <laughs> record yeah. on this podcast, oh i know so i know we'll have to plan that we should we should make a whiskey bench sticker that is that picture of hunter biden which one he's butt ass naked holding a gun with like sunglasses and a cigarette uh maybe so he's got like a pistol okay and everything's hanging out oh Jesus. do a little do like a little whiskey bench sensor and <laughs> That would be funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I and like it, that or it could be one of those, you know, like, you know, the, okay, this is maybe a really bad joke. Never, <laughs> I'm just going to go for it. You know, it's like proud mom of a Marine. It could be like proud dad of a crackhead. <laughs> and then it's, it's. <laughs> these are good viral ideas. These are great viral ideas. I love it. I'm being toxic. I realize it, but. Well, you know, all in good fun. <laughs> right. All I'm saying is that Hunter Biden needs serious help. And he could get that at a good prison. It's, you know, it's awful, but like there's a part of me that's just like waiting for the day where he's going to like blow his fucking lid and just be like, F you family. And because well, like according and to emails and stuff, he hates Jill Biden. So like well, when is yeah, he going to snap also, and like, just reveal it all? Also, like again, and this kind of goes into the whole drama, like it is sad, like he kind of is abused. Like growing up, right? I wouldn't think their whole all their children up. are. And then yeah. again, we're getting into all sorts of crazy stuff. But like, it does kind of matter in the whole like Biden's previous wife being killed and the kids dealing with that, and then Jill Biden coming into the picture, yeah. and then a Biden, lot of trauma. Yeah, and then Biden sure. like it seems like he kind of just like ignores the death of the mom, and like it's just like it's strange. It's just weird. Well, and his daughter's accusations. There's yes. a lot of yes. really uncomfortable things. Why does no one care about this? It's pretty shocking. If and and you know, everyone's like, "Oh, what about us?" I'm so annoying. But if he had an R next to his name, not a D, everyone would care about it. Right. So, <sighs> at the same time, that's an incredibly traumatic thing if it's true and that woman's diary being exposed, his daughter alleging, you know, anyway, right, that's a whole right. thing that needs backstory. But like J Joe Biden's daughter's diary being exposed, allegedly it's her diary that alludes that her father sexually abused her when she was young. That's an incredibly traumatic thing. And like it shouldn't just be like political fodder for, no. you know, so, you know. None of it should be, unfortunately, but the double standards are so blatant that it's incredibly frustrating. And on the Bi on the Hunter Biden thing, if he's making deals with some of America's like biggest adversaries to like make money off mm -hmm. of his dad's political influence, and then like God knows what his dad was like giving these people in exchange, you know, like did he compromise right. American national security? That's a question that the American public deserves to have an answer yeah, to. I think so. And it's a Maybe pretty low stuff, standard. Right. Like, is, your, is your vice president or president, like, potentially betraying the nation that he leads? Like, right. You know. Right. Well, yeah. Also, I learned the other day, he, like, in reading about this stuff, because, you know, Biden claimed he was a, he, so he had this whole 
Biden, like Penn Biden Center or whatever it was, his office where they found some of these documents, he had that. It was like sort of an extension to Penn State Mm -hmm. where he was like, he claimed he was like a full-time professor after. Oh my gosh, right. Which isn't true. He wasn't. He like basically did speaking engagements, but he was making over $300,000 a year doing that. And then you wonder why, like, tuition's expensive. I mean, really, though, like, that's the kind of shit that, like, your student loans are paying for. Right. A bloated administration within the university and then, like, bullshit, like, having a name, paying to have a name associated with the Yeah, having Mr. Top of his class come give a speech, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Uh, That's a whole other thing. If you guys haven't ever seen it, it's hilarious. It's an old, it's a pretty old clip, but it's been floating around like in the last week yeah. of Biden, like on national TV, like in front of a panel being like, I was the top of my class and so and so. And he like graduated like 79 of 82 or something yeah. and God. just uh, hilarious, right? The first time he tried to run for president, he basically had to drop out because he got caught plagiarizing his speech. He's I did been, not know that. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> Look it up. He's always just been like this pathetic little liar that somehow weaseled his way into being like a multimillionaire and fucking president of the United States. I know. Right. We've, we've had a bad run here. We, we need, really have. We like gotta this reset. Is, Otherwise, this is my hot tape take. Yeah. That like Biden's actually a bigger loser than Trump. Oh, I totally think he yeah. is. Yeah. That's my, Even that's with my hot Trump's tip. NFTs, I still yeah. think oh, Biden's yeah. a bigger loser. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, my God. The NFTs, though. It's so great. <laughs> it's so bad. Guys, I'm at a point where I just, I'm about to just, like, completely reject modernity. And <laughs> it's just, it doesn't. Yeah. I, I wake up every day. It's like that meme of, of, I can't remember. It's like man who thought yesterday was, like, so tiresome. Man who thought everything was so tiresome realizes that, like, it's even more so. Hmm. Um, like, every day I wake up and I see something, I'm like, this isn't real life. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't really happening. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you have to, like, unplug. No, you plug in. It's for the content. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I know. Plug, I, me, I, plug me back into the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have to do, like... Well, okay, so here, <laughs> here's a funny example. So last weekend, I had a lovely weekend. I went and did <clears throat> like a cross-country ski trip to this really cool cabin. That's right. In the north of the crazies. And it was just like, it was really neat. And we're, you know, it was just like the five of us and obviously like not on our phones, not on the internet, like three days of just like blissful, like totally tuned out. And then I come back to the world (laughs) and I'm on Instagram and there's all these memes with this like woman (laughs) and I texted my buddy or I like sent her a DM being like, I've been like offline for like 72 hours and I have no idea what like no context for what anybody is like memeing about right now. Yes. (laughs) And then I learned the context and it was horrific. (laughs) I don't know if I saw these memes, but they're pretty bad. It was like about a cop. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
honestly a loose cop okay real quick because this is this is, it's actually hilarious it is. In, in like the most degenerate way yeah like basically this female cop like slept with everyone in the department like everyone with everyone and then like everyone Even got fired women i think yeah yeah and then like literally everyone got fired yeah and like not to be a jerk but she's not particularly beautiful so like her she, <laughs> people just put her face on like everything yes for a few days yes. it was awful it was really awful but it was just funny coming back like talking about unplugging and then you plug back in you're right. like wow 72 hours and you have no idea what's going on right right <laughs> yeah it's too much information we get we see every day <sighs> yeah i make references now <clears throat> and i realize that a lot of my friends aren't as online as me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it just doesn't land. Yeah. And they look at me. And, and I think there's disappointment in their eyes. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's okay, though. I'm not going to quit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a problem. And I'm not quitting. Yeah. But, you know, well, okay. So I feel very torn between these worlds where, like, it would be healthier for me to, like, totally unplug, tune out, drop out, whatever, you know. And then, and just like be in a peaceful little bubble. But I also feel like we're doing good work with the podcast. Yeah. I really think we are. Even I if agree. our audience is small, I hope yeah. we grow it. And I think we're doing good work and just bringing like a rational perspective and, right. and exposing things, I hope. And I don't know, just digging into stuff. And in order to do that well, we have to be plugged in. Right. Right. Yeah, so I exactly. kind of feel like it's my duty, which is maybe just me concocting a justification, yeah. but like meh, it works, I think. No. I 100% agree. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's again, we and we haven't recorded in 3 months and there's so much fun oh stuff we missed. Yeah. A lot. All of the memes and crazy stuff and it's <laughs> just getting crazier and it's great. So. Yeah. It'll all percolate to the surface eventually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I need another beer if that's okay. Yeah, totally. Hello, this is Steven from the editing deck. We're going to take a short break and get a lesson in culture from Kat Dwyer. Please enjoy. I did. I was. I noticed. I was like, what is different about Kat? I do like it. But they're like normal bangs. Thank God. Like, Not like. Yeah, because I, I don't know why everyone does the short bangs now. It's like a... I don't know. I have a I have a friend back home, Alicia, who's one of our fans. Hey, yeah, Alicia. yeah, yeah. She she She'll can hang rock out with a her. short bang. Yeah. yeah, you met her at my birthday. Yeah, that's right. She can do that. It was kind of like a rockabilly thing. Remember that whole face, rockabilly. Rockabilly. Yeah. No. No. Rockabilly was like a like a well, rockabilly was like a genre of music, kind of like a country western, like on the cusp of of rock. Rock a, a Billy. Yeah. Like Hillbilly Rock. I get it now. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, and it kind of had like a resurgence in terms of like fashion and aesthetics in like, I don't know, 2000. Yeah. Like 2000, like seven through 10, maybe. Like the pinup girl thing, but they were like edgy and they like smoked cigarettes and like went to dive bars. Okay. It was like a whole thing. 
Maybe they did the short banks. The rockabilly, but but I'm thinking of the but they kind of thinking of like Gen Z weirdos. No, no, no. But oh. I'm thinking of like the when like like a lot of like red lipstick cigarettes, but yeah. they also would wear like kind of almost like twenties, like like oh. a lot of dresses. That's what I'm thinking of, which was mm. like kind of more of that a traditional pinup girl kind of vibe. Okay, but this is bangs lipstick, but like. More like 50s. 50s? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. Must miss this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when we were in high school, I'm a little older than you, so it would have yeah. been like your early high school yeah. to mid high school. It was a real thing for a while. I just like... Paintballed and... Oh, when you're in high like school. Like climbed. Yeah, well, those are good activities. So I don't. There wasn't too many rockabillies. Yeah, <laughs> we grew up in different worlds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you were kind of cool and edgy, and I was. I don't know about I that. Felt, but... I think I was a. I think I was a loser. Oh, in high school. Nah, greatness in the making. Yeah, maybe that's all it was. Yeah. <laughs> I was like potential burnout in the making, but then I veered away from that. After I dropped out of, got kicked out of college. But. That's right. All right, guys. <laughs> Anyways. This is all staying in. <laughs> oh, no. This was a beautiful little <laughs> cultural lesson from Kat. Oh, no. We're back with another beer. I cut bangs and we got another beer. Yeah. The so, bangs were cut not in the last five minutes. Right. That'd be fun. <laughs> Give all my friends haircuts. I need a haircut. Um. Anyway, we're back. We got a beer. You guys mm-hmm. learned some cool stuff. <laughs> about rockabillies really useful information yes exactly <laughs> now we're gonna dive into um reparations reparations yeah yeah okay let's dive in um so internet was a buzz this last week um because the special committee to investigate reparations in San Francisco released their preliminary report on Martin Luther King Day, which just passed recently, Monday of this last week. And um, so everyone was talking about it. But this idea first started to kind of gain serious traction, like nationwide conversation after the death of George Floyd and everything that ensued in 2020. So back in 2020, the California legislature passed um, Assembly Bill 3121, which basically just it was a it created a committee to explore the idea of California issuing reparations to the ba- black populace of the state. And so there is a board looking into this and they put out a preliminary report earlier or well at the end of 2022 and and it was just a preliminary report so they haven't finalized anything but initially what they've come up with is that an individual would be eligible for reparations if they are descendants of enslaved african americans or descendants of free black people living in the united states prior to the end of the 19th century so they'd have to like really dig into their lineage to qualify, which then spurred, I was digging through this Oh, today. I'm already thinking about stuff. Well, it spurred like this whole uproar about whether white people can end up qualifying because they could 
technically trace ancestors that like basically people of mixed race oh yeah 100%. but that look more white today yeah, that yeah. like i mean really it's kind of a gross concept but like they their blood has more quote-unquote white in it yeah. than black yeah. and so the people on this board are like we have to revise this because we don't want white people qualifying for this um, well and then they'll revise it and they'll be like oh no you actually need to be this percent and yeah, then, and then, then and gonna, what does that get then, turned into? And then you're going to have like issues there, probably infighting. But then also you're going to now have probably like coerced DNA testing. So you're going to be like, hey, the government to get this money, like we need your blood and we're going to run a DNA test. Right. Now we're going to have all this information about you. Yeah. And then you have to create categories. Yes. Yeah. It, it can go to a really dark place. I mean, mm. it already is kind of a dark yeah. concept in my mind, but they would exclude, this is the California wide board. They would exclude immigrants from East and West Africa and the Caribbean. <laughs> okay. Because the Caribbean never <laughs> faced slavery. There was no slave yeah. trade there. <laughs> what? Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Who's living in worse conditions, depending on which part of East and West Africa. But anyways. And then, anyway, so that's sort of where that is, the, the rough sketch. And mostly their preliminary report was really what it did was, like, create a justification for why. So they had to, like, demonstrate right. that there have been quantifiable harms done to the black community in California. So they put out this, like, giant report trying to document that. And they're working with, like, a team of economists to try to, like... nice. To try to come up with a number in terms of payment that somehow can be justified. Is this um, like their just graduated Berkeley like diversity board of economists or? Probably. I don't yeah. know. But probably. <laughs> and so, so an actual proposal, like the official report mm -hmm. with recommendations for the state legislature, which will then be voted on. Yeah. Like they're going to have to vote on it. Yep. And whether it's a stupid idea or not, like. Politically, that's a pickle. How do you oh, not vote for it, right? Yeah. So that's going to be a mess and will be interesting. That's due July 2023. So this July. Nice. My birthday month. So we'll see what happens. But there's a San Franciscan version, naturally. So, of course. And that's the one <laughs> right? yeah. that was released on this earlier this week. So the San Francisco African, African American Reparations Advisory Committee has recommended a lump sum. They made headlines because they recommended a lump sum of $5 million per black resident in mm -hmm. the city. Yeah. That's a ton of money. There's a ton of money. It's a lot of money. But it's also not a lot of money. And I will talk about this later. Okay. I have thoughts on this. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. So $5 million per person. The proposal, people who did rough math, found that it would cost about $50 billion mm -hmm. for the city. Yeah. Um. The city's operating budget for this year is only fourteen billion. So nice. That could be hard to come up with that mm -hmm. money. Maybe they'll issue another bond for water, and then they can just use it on this instead of infrastructure. The committee. So so in addition to the five million dollar lump sum, the committee proposed wiping out all debts associated with educational, personal credit card, and payday loans for Black households. This is great. The report notes quote. While neither California nor San Francisco formally adopted the institution of chattel slavery, other aspects of segregation like white supremacy and systemic repression found in the legal system, social codes, and what extra legal actions repression? were designed to exclude blacks. 
I've never heard that one. I mean, honestly, and this isn't to say that blacks didn't face discrimination in San Francisco for sure. And honestly, like they've been driven out in droves in the last couple of years because of like, frankly, like rich techies moving in and driving up the cost of living and Anyway, like there's been a huge out migration of black people over the last several decades. Yeah. Like my dad talks about all the time how when he was a builder working in the city, lots of the men that he worked with were black and like owned homes and were, you know, making a good living yeah. in the construction it's industry and running businesses. It's probably the 70s, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then frankly, over the course of time with like immigrant labor supplanting wages, that completely changed that industry and then with the tech boon and the way that changed the demographics of of the city blacks have been completely driven out of san francisco i mean they're really a a fraction a very small fraction of the population now and so anyways but that's not slavery so um right (laughs) i don't know but yeah so I, i and also like how do you possibly i think what they mean by systemic repression i mean really that if a culture is racist that's a problem but like how do you i just don't see how like a government how like government course reparations solves for that but we'll get into that i want to finish explaining what they're proposing so to be eligible in the san francisco reparations plan applicants must be 18 and show that they have identified as black or african-american on public documents for at least 10 years as well as have been born in or have migrated to san francisco between 1940 and 1996 can i can i interrupt real quick sure just because this is this is infuriating to me cat <laughs> this is the same party that will to your face, call you a racist if you suggest that people should have an ID to vote. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, most people I know, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like, no. Like, where, where, how, what, how do you do, how do you prove all that? Right. Like, yeah. I have like, is there going to be resources for that? I don't, right. right. Right, right, Well, yeah, that's a whole other mess that they have to like figure out. Yeah. Um, be like, no, you don't need an ID to vote. That's racist. But like, Here's a lot of really complicated paperwork. Like, we think that you're not capable of getting a government-issued ID. Right. Because that's really what they're saying. Right. Right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You're not smart enough to get an ID. Right. Which, don't even get me started on just, frankly, how racist that's that is. That's completely racist. Right? Yeah, but yeah, totally. But yeah, no, let's go ahead and do some we'll give convoluted you bureaucratic. Dollars, yeah. yeah. If you can prove that yeah. your grandma moved here in yeah. 1940. And, yeah. And then... um. So so all of those like ancestral qualifications or prove that you are personally that you are personally or you are a descendant of someone enslaved before 1865. Okay. Or jailed in the failed war on drugs. What? So like if like you, bonus doesn't what? So like, <laughs> So I think in theory, you could have like just moved to San Francisco, but if you got arrested for like selling crack, you're yeah. entitled to $5 million because of racism. Have you or a loved one <laughs> been caught selling crack? You're entitled to a $5 million settlement. It doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. And then this is funny. 
slash really disturbing. So I was reading through. So this is the this is this is a report preliminary. Well, yeah. OK, so it's the preliminary recommendations, but it's issued through this, the Department of, of Justice through the state of California. Yeah. And one of the things so they talk about a lot of things in addition to like a cash payment. They talk about all sorts of from like specific legislation they want to enact or repeal to like sort of, I don't know, like just like squishy feel good statements that don't have any concrete way of being implemented. But one of the things that jumped out to me in the context of, um, well, they title it enslavement, but what they're talking about is prison. Mm -hmm. Here's one of their bullet points. Pass legislation that makes education, substance use, and mental health treatment and rehabilitation programs the first priority for incarcerated people. Which one's the first priority? Well, I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. But I thought it was really interesting that they listed substance use mm-hmm. as a priority for people who are incarcerated. What do they mean by that? Like they can keep doing heroin or whatever? Yeah, did they mean substance abuse? Well, no, just substance use. Because I don't think they view it as abuse. I think they view it as like a right and a choice. Right. Yeah. And anyway, and then and then also like allow incarcerated people to make decisions regarding how they spend their time and which programs and jobs they do while they're incarcerated. Okay. So make it not jail. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it I don't. It I, doesn't make any sense to me, but. Do they. They have to stay in jail, but they get the money? I guess they can be in... Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah, they like, can Congratulations, you get $5 million, but you're still stuck in jail you're the rest of your life. You're still stuck in jail, but you can now do drugs in jail openly. Get a good education. Get an education and do whatever you want during the day. I mean, that just sounds... I think a lot of people just want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So it's just crazy. So the whole thing's nuts. But anyway. And so um so this committee is also this summer making its specific recommendations. That's gonna happen in June, so a month before the statewide one. And it seems like this is really like kind of a pilot for the statewide yeah. one. So I would imagine what how this goes will indicate how the state one goes. But it has the, at least for now, it has the, the support of the president of the board of the city's board of supervisors. Mm-hmm. So again, it's one of those things where like just politically, excuse me, just politically in terms of optics, like how do they not vote for this stuff? You know? Yeah. Especially if it's like, we'll burn your city down if you don't vote for it. So Yeah. I mean, you could probably rebuild San Fran for less than fifty billion. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Salesforce is like leaving. You know, just burn down all the tent cities and all the feces and just start fresh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Things are changing there. Salesforce is like selling like office equipment. Apparently, wow. They're laying off like tens of thousands of people. But like, there's I don't know if people probably. It's not common knowledge, but Salesforce put in this like huge tower in the city. That's like the <laughs> tallest building in the city several years ago, like six or so years ago, maybe more. Um, it's called the Salesforce Tower. And it's kind of just like, I mean, some people probably like it, but I feel like most people like kind of hate it. Cause yeah. It's just like, oh, it's like a blot on the skyline, you know? And anyway, but 
because of higher interest rates and there's not so much easy money and COVID remote work and blah, blah, blah. Like their whole business model is shifting. And um, apparently they're like literally selling like office equipment, like latte makers and printers and shit. Nice. <laughs> like in the city. Right. Which is kind of interesting. But anyway, some things just to consider yeah. in this reparations conversation. One, we've already pointed out. I have a thousand things going through my brain right now. Yeah. But yeah, I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> California was never a slave state. Yeah. So like that to me is kind of like one and done. Right. But I guess the argument being that a lot of people. I mean, if you look at the history of California in, in that defense, right, this is just an interesting tidbit of, of history, I guess, just in general during the slave trade. And afterwards, like a lot of African-Americans came west. Right. There was a huge population of cowboys that were actually African-American, which is cool. Hmm. Um, and then obviously, you know, they, they worked this way. But yeah, it wasn't a it was a free state, like literally everyone that was there. Yep. Yeah. It was a free state. And um, it's also complicated because. It's a very multiracial state. Yes. Right. In fact, I was looking at their census information today and they have it broken down by basically being like pure whatever race and then mixed. And then. And then a combination of both. So you can look up like pure white. Pure white. Uh, is that the language they use? Let's see. It'd be amazing if that is. The I don't. Language I, they don't use. Th- I don't think it's. And the then what? Like pure black. Yeah. So they have here. Let me pull it up. So they have. Yeah, I'm sure. Like somebody from like you know Haiti, as well as like someone from Nigeria would love to be just like labeled as pure black on a <laughs> on a list somewhere, right? Mm. Oh yeah. God. Let's see it. Oh, here we go. So it's. Oh, they don't say pure. So it's white alone, white in combination, white alone or in combination to see the percentage of the state that is those things. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a whole category of some other race alone, some other race in combination, some other race alone or in combination. And then there's two or more races as its own separate category. Anyway. But how do you like determine who owes who what in a multiracial society? Also, like the majority of the state's population has immigrated there recently. Yep. So they have absolutely nothing to do with even like discrimination, not let alone slavery, but like even just discrimination from decades past. Like these people literally like were on in other parts of the world. Yeah. And somehow they're going to be taxed to pay for this. Also, this one's been thrown around a lot, but like there's a lot of really like wealthy celebrity black people that live in California. Are Do they qualify or do, is there like a sh- certain income threshold that like taps you out? Right. Of it? But then but then that on principle that. Right. That right, doesn't really exactly. work on principle. Doesn't matter. Right. But are we like, going to pay Beyonce five million dollars of California taxpayer money? If she's a descendant. Why not? Right. Like, right. Again, they kind of have to. Right. 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 Because right? it's like, this is the principle, right? Yeah. It's not. I guess it depends on how long she's lived there. But anyway, and then, and then, um, so in terms of the demographics, just to point it out, like the state's only about 7% black. Yeah. It's close to 55% white, about 
three and a half, almost 4% Native American, about 18% Asian. And then yeah, there's very few this percent other that like, I can't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Very few people talk about like the native populations and reparations. Yeah. No one does. Cause <laughs> like, you know, like, you what know the- what did happen in California? Like, you know. Right. Totally. Abuse and displacement of like native populations. For sure. So. Yeah. Totally. Well, and that's my other question. This, it's I'm like, just pointing out the whole like hypocrisy, right? Like, right. I'm like not pro reparations just in general. Right. Right. But but this is and like, then it's like you go into like okay well yeah what about what about all the Japanese that we threw in right worker camps well they did technically get reparations they did but that was something that was like addressed pretty yeah. much immediately yeah well exactly you know so it's kind of like did you miss your window on this right. one and then you know Might you got to go back go back a little bit further right. You know, if we're, you know, talk about globalism and stuff, like, what about Spain and and uh, right. Central America? Don't they have a role to play? What if we were to do Native about, American reparations, yeah. I think the Spanish should be chipping in for a lot of that yeah. in California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or French settlements in Canada. Mm-hmm. Totally. Or, you know, what about, like, you know... The Aztec people or, or that region and yeah. what the Aztecs did to, you know, like the Mayans or. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. What about what the Blackfoot did to the crows? I was just going to say the Blackfoot tribe really fucked a lot of other tribes. Up. They so, should probably be responsible right? for and something. So this is stuff and it's not like. Yeah, it this never does ends. Not, this is not an attempt to somehow be like slavery wasn't bad. No, of course not. But like. Everyone is due reparations at some point in history. Right. The Irish. Fuck. Open a book. Right. Totally. And it's just. Well, and it also, it really does reveal, frankly, the inherent racism of like. I'm just going to say it. White elites in California. Yeah. Who don't even consider that context. And like in their mind. They are the superior people who do owe something to these poor little minorities that they don't understand, but they like mow their lawn and clean their bathroom and, you know, they feel guilt because they think of themselves as separate and other and better. Yeah. Like, honest, I think it really like reveals something about their own personal like view of themselves and the people in their community. Right. 100% agree. So... It doesn't make any fucking sense. No. But again, they're putting themselves in a political bind. It'll be interesting to see how they navigate through it. And if the state just like, maybe that's what'll push my dad over the edge. Gotta, <laughs> I got to get him out of there. But right, um, yeah. yeah, it's just. Yeah. Come on, Papa D. Right. <laughs> I know. I got to get him out. So here, here's. Good old yeah. Here's my thoughts on that. Just just immediately thinking about. Five million dollars a person, or I, I believe it <laughs> so was less money. elsewhere, right? But yeah, the way that like poor communities operate, like, is not conducive to building and maintaining wealth. And this is all demographics. This is poor blacks, poor whites, poor Hispanics. Mm, I see. Right. Yeah. Part of it is situation, part of it is a breakdown of understanding. It's a cultural thing on all fronts, all peoples. Mm-hmm. 
handing money to people can oftentimes destroy them. Right. And I have no doubt that many people, if this goes through, will be handed money and they will destroy their life. And I bet all demographics, right? Yeah, totally. You know, and this is the unfortunate thing is it's only for the black community, right? One particular demographic, yeah. again, I'm being very clear. This is what would happen with all demographics. Right. You hand people a bunch of money that have never had it, and there's bad education in these communities. No responsibility responsibility. associated with it, yeah. And you'll probably see influx of people going to prison for illicit things. Mm -hmm. People will just blow through money. And then here's another huge thing. There is a opportunity for predatory behavior. And that is you are going to know that these poor communities are going to be flooded with income. And now you have debt collection and you have, I can't even imagine what else, like banks coming after people. Oh, yeah. Um, back taxes, like anything. You know that a community is getting a ton of money. Yeah, right. Someone's going to prey on it. Right. And internal fighting, too, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, probably so. Yeah. And yeah, I, get, I mean, it's a nice thought, right? Like, oh, yeah. I, get, but like, I don't think that's the solution. And it's not fixing things long term. No, it doesn't fix anything long term. It doesn't change shitty education. Yeah. It doesn't change. I mean, and then, like, what about the poor black people that, like, aren't black enough? Right. Right. Like, I just, it just, it doesn't. You're what not, about the poor white kid or, or the poor Asian kid? Yeah, or, the or poor who Hispanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, oh, well, and that, too. Talk about tension in right. communities. Right. How's that going to work, turn out? minority groups that there's already tension. Right. People don't want now to talk about this stuff. them against each other? Yeah. And also, do you think any of that money will be reinvested in communities? Or do you think they'll leave and do like the BLM founders did and go buy homes in gated communities that are majority white? Yeah. I mean, stuff like that is going to happen. And then like, you know, we've mentioned this before in the podcast. But like the thing is, is like, man, just start small. Like maybe... Uh, school choice and like try to get schools totally. in order. Yeah, and, no, they'll never. You let know, that maybe happen. talk about income tax and how that affects people. Yeah, or not income tax. Um, property tax. I talk, I harp on this all the time, and I mentioned it on the podcast a million times. Like, let's talk about uh, like permitting and restrictions on like being a worker and yeah, starting your yeah, own business. Yeah, exactly. Like, totally for sure. Yeah, you could decriminalize certain things. Yeah, but then at the same time keep the streets safe so that small businesses can operate and kids can go to school and, you know, women can walk at night. Like there's just, there's so many common sense things that could be done. And the fact that the state is spending any resources, is this board getting paid through taxpayer money? Probably. That'd be a great question to have an answer to. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and, and really what it is, it's all virtue signaling. And that's where the irony is, they probably are going to end up having to fork over this money and then deal with the repercussions of it. Oh, yeah. Purely because of a political move that they thought would give them a good headline. And now they've tied themselves into this bind. But yeah, to your point, culturally, when you're handed something, I mean, honestly, you could be, you could even be, it doesn't even matter. Like, you'd be a well educated person, whatever that means, and be handed $5 million. Like, it's, there's a corrupting 
feature of being handed money, especially huge sums of money like that, when you haven't earned it, like that just, it hits different, right? (laughs) So like, yes, yeah, there will be, but that's sort of the left's Achilles heel. They are in complete denial of human nature. And like on all fronts again, and this is this goes in and and people don't like to hear this. Whatever, go listen to someone that's part of those communities. And I'm I'm talking about black communities now. Like there, it is intedated with a culture of like extravagance and status, image, and things like that. And there's just a lot of like, wouldn't it be so much better if the city was like, hey, let's open up education. Hey, let's offer like. Business classes, like, hey, let's, vocational let, training, like, let's teach people how to, yeah, you know, exactly, like, hey, let's not let homeless people sleep on the stoop of businesses. Yeah, like start community groups to help yeah. like clean the city and like clean. Yeah, know, yeah there's yeah. a million things you could do that would be better for a culture than this useless exercise. But yeah, you know, this is the same state that has raised, I think, well hundreds of millions of dollars in bonds over the years to build infrastructure to capture more water for the state. Yeah. None of the, literally none of the projects in the last several years have been built. Not even started. None of them. And there's probably tens of millions of dollars of administration fees. Oh, there's people skimming money off the top of all of it. Contractor. it's, It's bad. And they've had this deluge of rain with these, atmospheric rivers we've had eight of them or however many flooding gnarly shit which looks like well you need better infrastructure to prevent that kind of flooding but at the same time they're i don't have the number in front of me but they're wasting the vast majority of it oh like sure, sure. i think close to 70 percent of the water that has fallen has just rushed out to the sea yeah they haven't captured it at all it's crazy for primarily because of endangered species regulation and the, the sort of like poster child of that is the Delta smelt, which um, my family was telling me recently that I guess in their last survey, they didn't find a single Delta smelt. So it's just kind of, it's like what it's like this phantom fish that also isn't native to the right, state. Yeah. Well, you know, and we're like destroying the central Valley's agriculture. Smelt it, so. <laughs> it's, just, it's so crazy. Anyways, it's a backwards place. Let it be a warning. America. Don't be like California. Yes. So <laughs> we're back at it. We are back at it. That was fun. <laughs> That's more I've laughed laughed in a while. Sounds great. Good. Good. Good fun. <laughs> I do like talking about this stuff. Because yeah. it is. Like, really, it's... Like, not to make light of, of serious things as far as, like, people suffering and poor communities. But, like, it's just... It's funny. Because it- <laughs> it's like these people are so disconnected from reality. These people meaning... Like, the people that are, like... This board of advisors board, and the elites yeah, running the government. Yeah. yeah, totally. It's just, it's just so yeah. surreal, as I mentioned earlier. Yep. It's great. I love it. It really is. Much more to come. Yeah. Always a little bit of a longer news and brews, but yeah. that's good, right? First one of the we year to catch up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it'll be nice to get to have some scheduled time together to actually visit and, yeah. and get back into the grind of things. And mm-hmm. I'm excited for that, as always. Y'all can find us online. We're at Twitter. Uh, we're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. 
Get on Twitter. I've been on more. Yeah. I've been having fun. <laughs> Got some spicy content. I've been getting a little vocal. <laughs> Steven is at the precipice. Right. <laughs> Good. And he's ready to make moves and talk about things and that's great not really hold back so I like it get in there <laughs> interact with my mantic my manic tweets <laughs> I won't tweet for like four days and then I'll tweet like 50 things and yeah <laughs> um, I'm just waiting I think they're all gold you know I think they're all worthy of virality <laughs> um, I'm just waiting that's it's up ha- to you dear listeners it hasn't happened yet but you know <laughs> get on there Yes. Until next time. Yes, until next time. Cheers. Cheers.